the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. So, it's it's not going to be a white Christmas, is it? <laughs> I mean, I saw people with shorts on in right, Oakland right. today. Shorts in Oakland on December, what is this, 16th? Yeah. How about that? It's not going to be white, which is always kind of a, I don't know why, like I anticipate like... A winter wonderland. So I like the idea and the beauty of that yeah, in my head. The reality of it. But when you're going through it, it's not like I'm depressed without it. Well, I... I mean, walking in here without a coat, I was like, okay, nice. yeah. yeah. Right. But I'll still, there's something about, you know, the ethereal picture postcard idea yeah. of, you know, I'll be home for Christmas and... But isn't that... They'll snuggle up by the fire. wonderful to walk out without the need for a coat. Heck yeah, it is. Because, and I've shared this before, but I'm just trying to be honest about who I am, John. Thank you. One of the things I dislike most about winter is how many steps you have to go through before you can exit. Mm-hmm. Like in the summertime. Just walk out the door. Especially if you're like at home and you've got a pair of shorts on and a t-shirt and maybe you're not wearing even shoes. You just go outside. No problem. Now, oh. okay, I got to make sure my sh- my socks are on. need to make sure my shoes are on, preferably boots. Mm. Now I got to lace them up. Mm. And then I have to make sure that I have a coat, and then I need a scarf, and then there's mittens, and then maybe a hat. And then I have to, it's just like, it's a lot. Well, that's a lot of steps. And also, don't you get dry Pre-exit. skin in the right? You're putting the cream no, on. No, you know why, John? Your hands get if, little. If you consistently, consistent, I consistently do. I use I'm lotion gonna... when winter comes, it's not even no, a blip, John. I don't believe that's true. No, it's not even a blip. You put it on your hand, and no. you kind of go, jeez, no. my hands are a little, no. little rough Got to be honest with you, John. If you just do the daily Daily, even the like in July, always July, never for, never miss July. I'm putting like you know, never some miss John cocoa butter on my legs or something. I would, would you, cocoa butter. The thought of John putting cocoa butter. I've on done it. Leg. Don't mock it. I I'm have. Not, I've been there. I'm not at all. I have, and I've mm-hmm. stirred it up. Sometimes you don't use it. You know, it's like peanut butter. You know what I think of right? when I smell cocoa butter? I, not that you asked, and not that you're going to be glad that I've told you. Please, you no, it's going to make answer, my day. I'm sure. Is, I always think of being pregnant because. <laughs> me too. The, <laughs> I mean, I'll think of you no, being pregnant. of course not, because you didn't know me then. Um, it, when I was pregnant, I remember reading that cocoa butter mm. would... Um, oh, the stretch marks. W- exactly. Right. was the thing that would keep you from getting stretch marks. Right. I'd never particularly used cocoa butter, but man, did I use it then. Did you? Sure did. So now, like, when I'm eating a hoagie, I think, hey, watch those stretch marks, and then I put some cocoa butter. I feel better about it. Well, I think research has proven <laughs> since that it has no bearing. <laughs> On the hoagie? No. Or the stretch marks? Well, probably both. All right. Very nice. Hey, as we always do, we get to uh, take a look at the news with Kath. Uh, Kath, please, without further ado, mm-hmm. give us the top four. At four. I have four things for you, John. All right. That's why I went to the top four tour, I guess. Well, name then. For Thursday, December 16th, 2021. Mm-hmm. Number one. Good news. Yeah. 
Terrific news. Amazing news. The 12 remaining members of a group oh. of 17 North American missionaries who have been kidnapped in Haiti two months ago have been released. Christian Aid Ministries uh, released this statement saying, quote, all 17 of our loved ones are now safe, but they did not provide any further details. It was not immediately clear whether a ransom had been paid or the physical conditions of the hostages. Now, five had been let go already, although little was known about the terms of their release. The others were found, this is according to the New York Times, in an outlying area of Port-au-Prince today. Hmm. Hmm. So they were just dropped off somewhere. I guess so. Probably, yeah. The 12 released hostages were expected to travel to Miami this afternoon, according to one of the relatives who spoke on condition of anonymity and did not provide any further details about the missionary's safety. The U.S. Embassy in Haiti also declined to comment on the news of the release. But isn't that terrific? Oh, my gosh. Lots of answered prayers there. Number two, President Biden did an amazing thing today. And I'm not going to give you all the details now. Hopefully, after the top four is over, I can give you some more. But he awarded three Army service members with the Medal of Honor. Oh, Um, It's the nation's highest military recognition, and uh, for these men, it was for their actions in combat in Iraq and Afghanistan. At a ceremony at the White House today, Mr. Biden recognized U.S. Army Sergeant First Class Alwyn Cash, Sergeant First Class Christopher Solis, and Master Sergeant Earl Plumley, U.S. Army, for conspicuous gallantry. And when I tell you the details about what these men did, calling it conspicuous gallantry just doesn't sum it up. Um, you might remember the name Alwyn Cash because Alejandro Villanueva put his name on the back of his helmet yep. uh, during a portion of uh, last year's Steelers season. Fabulous. Okay, thank, thank moving on. Number uh, That was from CBS News. Number three, uh, speaking of the services, 103 Marines have been discharged for refusing to take the COVID vaccine. Really? The Marine Corps said today, as the military services have begun to discharge a pool of possibly as many as 30,000 active duty service members who still refuse to be vaccinated, even after multiple opportunities to do so past vaccination deadlines. 30,000 Marines? Yep. It was back in late August that Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin ordered that the COVID vaccine become mandatory for all U.S. military personnel. Before then, it had been voluntary. How about that? That's a heartbreaker. The Marine Corps said today that 95% of its active duty force of 182,500 Marines had received at least one COVID vaccine shot. That's the lowest percentage among all the military services. But 30,000 may be dismissed? According to ABC News. That just guts your, your force. And number four. It's been in the works for a few months, but now I'm happy to announce it's official. Mm. Prantles Bakery coming to East Ohio Street in the north side, taking over the former Priory Fine Pastries What? Yes, Prantles on the north side. The neighborhood's coming up. It is true. So the Priory Hotel has done a very nice job with that bakery storefront there. But they said with COVID, things had just become really unwieldy Mm -hmm. as far as trying to do the venue. Everybody's trying to get married. There's just, you know what I mean? They were just really running too many things, trying to spend too many plates. So they decided to sell off a portion to uh, Prantles, who said yes. And um, so uh, Pittsburgh's north side, America's Best Cake, which, of course, is the burnt almond tort, Mm. um, apparently will be available soon. Now, you can also, if you're not... If it's not available yet on the north side, you can also go downtown to Market Square or the nice. original over in Shady Side on Walnut Street. And that is your top four at four. And that could be dangerous for you. I think it's way too close. On your way home, you just might stop Listen, by and grab I something. Listen, I can't. I, I honestly considered not including it simply because of the risk to myself. Yeah, well, I'm glad you put it out there. Mm-hmm. You make us all now accountable, mm-hmm. right?
Kath, don't do it. Don't don't go over there. Don't, Kath. Please. Seriously. But I smell the burnt no, almond. but just one, just one more, Mm-mm. you guys. One more. Yeah, well. Okay. Um, can I tell you a little bit about the three guys? Oh, please. Can I do that? Yeah. I, I so really they got the Medal of Honor today. Yeah, this is the Medal of Honor. Um, let me tell you about Alwyn Cash first. Um, so uh, he was honored posthumously. Uh, with his loved ones accepting the medal on his behalf. Uh, He received the honor for actions he took in 05 in Iraq to rescue fellow soldiers after their vehicle was attacked and engulfed in flames. Cash, in a fuel-soaked uniform, went back into the burning vehicle to rescue those who were left and lead them to medical treatment. This is what the president said. He said the sergeant extracted himself and without hesitation turned back to the vehicle to help free the driver and extinguish flames of the driver. In the process, Sergeant First Class Cash's uniform, which was drenched in fuel, caught fire, causing severe burns. He then returned to the vehicle two more times to extract his fellow soldiers. He made it to the U.S. for medical care, but died three weeks after the rescue. He is the first black service member who served in Iraq or Afghanistan to receive the Medal of Honor. In Afghanistan in 2018, um, Saliz used his body as a shield when his unit was attacked. He braved machine gun and small arms fire to allow others to maneuver to safety and begin treatment of the critically wounded. But listen to this. When a medevac helicopter arrived, it was immediately targeted by the enemy. Although injured, Saliz motioned to the aircraft to depart rather than stay and load him on it. What's the soldier's uh, full name? Saliz. Uh, let me give you his Sorry. first name. Uh, his first, Sergeant First Class Christopher... So uh, the helicopter took off and he remained engaged with the enemy so that the aircraft could leave. Mm. He died as a result of his wounds July 12th of 2018. The third man who was honored today, I'm glad you asked me to get his full first name, Master Sergeant Earl Plumley, U.S. Army. Plumley was serving in Afghanistan in 2013 when the walls of his base were breached by enemy fighters. He and a group of soldiers fought off the attackers, some of whom detonated suicide vests. This is what the president said about him. Quote, outnumbered with no regard for his own safety, at times armed with only a pistol, Staff Sergeant Plumley attacked the insurgent forces, taking them down one by one. And time and again, bullets flew by, sometimes only inches away. And time and again, Staff Sergeant Plumley closed with the enemy. He raced to help a soldier who was mortally wounded, carrying him to safety, and then rendering first aid. Wow. All three men, heroes, and thank you for your service. We'll take a quick break. When we do come back, we're going to go from Wall Street to the pulpit. Dr. Richard Hamlet is with us next. Ministry in the Marketplace. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. W-O-R-D. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends with the best new Christmas music. New, new, new music. New from Kane featuring Stephen Curtis Chapman. Wonderful. Wonderful. The first Noel from Stars Go Dim. And Hallelujah from Blessing Offer. The best new Christmas music. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends on Word FM. So I invested in one of those fancy new exercise bikes. Without a doubt, a very special tool to help me get healthier. The problem is three days go by, then four, and I've done nothing. 
And then it's night five and I'm sitting at the kitchen table and I look down at myself and I can't help but just laugh because there I am wearing the exercise t-shirt that came with the bike and I'm eating two corn dogs. I think we'd all agree the special tool only matters if we use it to our benefit. At United Faith Mortgage, we believe we have an advantageous tool for you. Our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions. There's no middleman. And often, this allows us to get you a better rate on your refinance or new home purchase, which can save you monthly and lifelong money. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Metal Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Federal Corporate Animalist Number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Christmas is always a special time, but this Christmas will be even more special because this is the year you tell her how much she really means with a gift from Trinity Jewelers. An affordable piece from Trinity is the fastest way to turn up the heat without turning up your thermostat. Make this holiday the one you'll always remember with the one you'll always love. Trinity Jewelers, Mount Nebo Road, for when you really want to say, I love you, at trinityjewelers.com. Don't let pests haunt your home this winter. Get the help you need at boozebugstoppers.com. When bats and rodents move in, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team are ready to serve them an eviction notice. Get a free quote on your pest problem today with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to safely treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at boozebugstoppers.com. Hi, this is Joe Belanti with J&D Waterproofing at 1-800-BERRY-DRY. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri-state area, we are offering great savings for all our new and past customers. Call 1-800-BERRY-DRY. That's 1-800-BERRY-DRY to get your savings on basement waterproofing, bowing or cracking walls, and or footer stabilization projects. Or visit us at jdwaterproofing.com. J&D Waterproofing. Family owned and operated since 1939. For a long time, most Christians would say, you know, I go to church on Sunday, I read my Bible, I'm faithful, but you know, when Monday comes, I go to work and, you know, I kind of just live my life. I leave all that behind. I do what has to be done. Yeah. but Never the twain shall meet. The fact of the matter is, whether, you know, it's at your profession, your job, whatever that might be, in all things, Christ is with you. And, you know, our opportunity is to shed that light wherever Mm -hmm. we go. Well, Dr. Richard Hamlet is with us. Dr. Richard Hamlet is the host of Ministry in the Marketplace. It's heard at 9 o'clock Sunday morning on our sister station, 7.30 a.m. WPIT. Dr. And 96.5 Hamlet, FM WPIT as well. Thank you. Dr. Hamlet's a Wall Street-trained financial professional with decades of experience working in the capital markets. But then in 1997, he was called by God into pastoral ministry. And then in 2014, he said... I'm going to start a radio program, which is the aforementioned Ministry in the Marketplace. And uh, Dr. Hamlet, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Well, John and Kathy, it's a blessing to be with you and your audience in the metro Pittsburgh area. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, you have a, a fascinating story. I, first off, I guess I want to ask you about the call you received from God when you left mm. um, the Wall Street life and and do a pastoral career. Mm. When were you thinking that this is this might be crazy? Like, why am I really? Am I sure I want to do this? Well, my wife and teenage three teenage children, I think, thought I lost my mind. <laughs> um, I bet. Uh, yeah, it's like what what is going on here? Uh, well, it's it's uh, 
an interesting calling. I call myself Amos uh, many times. You know, Amos was the prophet in the Old Testament. He was a, apparently a wealthy landowner and had cattle and uh, was like the, the bonanza of that time. And God said, you're not a preacher or son of a preacher, but I want you to go preach the word of God. And uh, he went. And so I, I was like that 15 years as a Wall Street trained financial professional, real estate investment uh, guru type. I uh, was very happy as a born-again believer. Uh, like John Wesley said, I made as much as I could. I saved as much as I could, and I gave as much as I could. I taught Bible studies. I was an EE trainer. Life was really going well. And then God intervened with this special calling. Right. And it was an amazing time. Uh, I struggled for two years and then finally saw that all of the closings, all of the large transactions, the next day I felt like that uh, I was hopeless or I had in despair because it, I wasn't doing what I wanted to do anymore, right. what God was calling me to do. It was amazing what happened. And so that's, you know, that was 25 years ago, and here I am today. Wow. So, Dr. Hamlet, I mean, I'm sure you know, right, the, the struggle and the adoration of money in this world, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's the love of money that, that just crushes us all. But everybody tends to always have their eye on the prize, right? It's the rare person who says, I'm yeah. not really interested in money, but money consumes a lot of people's lives. Right. Well, I think a lot of uh, even Christians are biblically illiterate on, on the teaching of money in the Scripture. Money is, is neutral. Uh, it's how it's used, it, it, uh, whether it glorifies God in advancing his kingdom or goes into things that God would before we not spend money on. Uh, it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. That's when money becomes an idol. Uh, most people don't know, but the Apostle Paul, uh, he, he, he not only made tents, he had a tent-making enterprise, hmm. according to research from where he was in a family business before he came to faith in Christ. Uh, you know, this guy was out as apostle before missionary journeys out all over the place was, was supporting his missionary team with profits that he had made, you know, was made and made his tent making enterprise. Uh, it's, you know, it, but you say that today and, uh, people, you know, think, well, I don't really see that in the Bible, but that's a fact of, of other, you know, uh, you know, evidence and what was going on in his life. So, when he said to Timothy, the love of money is rooted all the way, here's a guy that did have resources and had left everything with the calling to follow Christ, but that didn't change who he was as a minister in the marketplace, wherever he was, mm-hmm. with Quilla and Priscilla or other places. This man didn't want to be a burden on the churches, and so he would he would support himself. So uh, an amazing story that gets lost a lot today in modern-day evangelicalism. So, Richard, you didn't turn into a different person then when you became a pastor, right? right? You're the same guy. Right. You're, and same you're, guy. Yeah. And so, but it's, so it's a different type of ministry. It's a different type of work. Yeah. Um, is that hard for people to believe? Do they think, oh, you must, I, I bet I wouldn't have liked you when you were on Wall Street? Yeah. Well, I, I get hit both ways sometimes just to be very transparent because, again, God called me in this special calling, so I'm accountable to him and the audience of one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but then I'm, I want to be an instrument in his hands to advance his kingdom and reach those in the marketplace with the gospel. Uh, but uh, sometimes in the, in the ministerial groups, there are pastors or ministers that are kind of suspicious of me because they're saying, what is this guy? He made money. He's a business guy. He's an entrepreneur, uh, multitask. Hey, you know, that's 
you know, that's not the calling I had. I'm a, they may be a Jeremiah or a Samuel. They've been to Bible school, called a teenager, and that's all they've ever done. Well, praise God. That's God's special calling in their life. But mine, I spent the first 15 years as a, as a financier. Uh, and so that's what God's been in my life. Now, on the other side, a lot of these late Christians and businessmen that I knew for years, when I was called the pastor, a lot of them responded like, oh, so you're more spiritual than we are now. And you're saying that oh, we're not right. spiritual. making So I, I'm kind of like a piece of meat in a sandwich, <laughs> but it's okay because I know who I am. Right. And my calling, and I have identity in Jesus Christ. Yeah, but you're getting beaten up by all sides. <laughs> yeah, it's tenderized meat as <laughs> yeah, well. Dr. Richard Hamlet is with us. Ministry in the Marketplace, heard Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. on AM 73 WPIT and 96.5 FM. So, Dr. Hamlet, your message, whether it's someone who's making minimum wage and just starting out in the marketplace or someone well-established and doing just fine, we all need Jesus. How do you guide th- people through the process of that? Yeah, Jesus uh, said, come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Uh, He's talking about those who have spiritual anxiety, those who try to find their merit with God through other religious works or uh, efforts or uh, even even in churchology, you know, believing that they're, you know, their church attendance and, you know, their giving and what they're, you know, that God is keeping a list, checking it twice, wants to find out, you know. It's not the way it is in biblical Christianity, according to the Bible. God looks at a person, whether they're rich or poor, and they're the same. Mm-hmm. And they are helpless uh, before a holy God Amen. unless God, by his grace, does something in their life through the work of Jesus Christ that that person can never do for themselves. That's why we call it grace. And so uh, when we talk about possessions and money and uh, worldly things, uh, it doesn't matter if you're, uh, you know, high income, low income, or no income. You know, whether you're a have or have not, uh, God looks at us the same. And uh, we are all image bearers, and we are really charged to glorify God and enjoy Him in our lives in whatever type of service He calls us to do. Hmm. That's beautiful. Um, so, Richard, we're ta- and by the way, we're talking to Richard Hamlet. Um, Richard, in our remaining minutes, let me just ask you about how I- I'm curious as to how you feel like you were equipped by working in Wall Street to do what you're doing now. And I'm sure some people would look at it and say, well, nothing. He had to leave all that behind. But I don't buy that. I think that God was probably preparing you with a lot of skills and practices you needed yeah. in the marketplace for what you're doing now. Well, absolutely, and uh, just kind of looking under the hood for just a moment, which can be dangerous for any of us, uh, but uh, in looking at our path, uh, you know, when, when I established Global Ministries Foundation, uh, my wife and I did in 2003, uh, 19 years ago, after uh, two pastorates, and then God was calling me into uh, the pastoral evangelistic evangelist work, uh, my desire was to um, be able to support other ministries out there uh, around the world uh, that, that needed help and, and not only getting the gospel, but an economic empowerment. Mm-hmm. And so my wife and I have been to almost 20 countries, uh, excuse me, almost 100 countries in the last 20 years. And uh, we have not only, I'm not only preaching the gospel, but I'm sharing and uh, training local indigenous uh, pastors and church leaders and their you know, husbands and wives on how they can uh, be economically empowered within their own context and not depend on others. And so that's purely from my business experience. Uh, 
but I'm also doing that here in the states, and uh, our foundation has set up some some corporations, business corporations that we call businesses missions, where actually we have uh, uh, you know managers managing those business, but uh, they operate, and uh, you know the profits of those companies going to support our ministry all around the world and support partners around the world. So, uh, you know, I think that experience is, you know, really it's bifocal based on those two things in the last 20 years. Fabulous. So then, uh, Dr. Hamlet, is it true, the adage that people are people the same around the world? I mean, 100 countries in 20 years, you've met a lot of people, you've seen a lot of things. Yes, sir. Uh, There's one thing that's universal in everyone's life, and that's their sin and their need for the grace of God in Jesus Christ. And uh, we find cultural differences. We find linguistic differences. Uh, religious differences, uh, but the bottom line is that Jesus Christ died for the nations, and the nations are his inheritance, and so we've been blessed uh, to minister to the, uh, the remnants of God's people in countries even that are closed legally or uh, uh, culturally to the gospel, and we are now supporting these churches from here uh, in, in different ways, even as we've returned to the states. Uh, God is alive. His gospel is alive and thriving and no matter how dark the culture gets like we're seeing in our country uh we're praying that uh this country is not post-christian but we're pre-christian and that god's going to send us another gospel awakening i'm into that fabulous that's richard hamlet you can check him out ministry in the marketplace 9 a.m on our sister station 7 30 a.m wpit and 96.5 fm so happy to have you join us richard yeah it's been a pleasure, pleasure richard thanks so much well well, thank you, and Merry Christmas to yeah, Pittsburgh. Yeah, to you as well. Oh, thank you so much. Merry <laughs> Christmas indeed. Hey, we'll be right back. Uh, we're just getting underway here with the ride home. Restaurants are changing. I admit, I weirdly like Christmas movies. And isn't it interesting that the heroes of these movies really do come in all shapes and sizes? A six-foot-four elf, an eight-year-old with some matchbox cars and a blowtorch, and a green furry fellow with a termite smile. So why then, when the one true hero of Christmas came to rescue us, Did he come wrapped as a baby instead of the ultimate movie hero? I read a devotional recently that said, He did it to feel our struggles, to experience our loneliness, and each of our pains. He made the full commitment in order to be the full sacrifice. At our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, Christmas is both the most wonderful time of year and also a kind of tough time for many. But isn't it encouraging to be reminded that this Christmas is only one Christmas and that we have a true hero who came to deliver the hope of an eternity of better Christmases. Merry Christmas from your friends at United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. We all know health care costs are through the roof, but having insurance to back you up in uncertain times provides a sense of security to us, right? I'm Kathy Emmons, and about a year ago, I lost my sense of security when I lost my health insurance. It was a sudden thing, a COVID-era adjustment they had to make, my husband's employer said. But all of a sudden, after decades of being covered by the same people, I was on my own. But it turns out, not on my own. You know I've advertised for Todd Marley at Marley Financial for years now. I've loved the sound of what they offer to individuals and small businesses, but all at once I had to depend on them for my own health insurance. And wow, have they come through. From Todd, who took the time to explain all the options, to Carrie, who has walked through literally every bit of paperwork I've had, Marley Financial has been there for me. 
So if you're looking for a group of people who will be there for you, think Marley Financial. Find them online, marleyfg.com or at 724-884-1496. We want everybody to have a level of comfort knowing that they're in a safe environment, that they're in a caring environment, and that their health and well-being is our top priority. At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. We are constantly screening both ourselves and patients. I want my patients to know that we are there for them. When they are ready, we are here. You're going to be safe. You're going to be well cared for. On Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help troubleshoot the likely cause of your pesky check engine light for free and help you save time and money down the road. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. It'll be breezy this evening with clouds breaking, colder tonight, low 35. Some sunshine for tomorrow, then turning cloudy and cooler with a high of 47. Rain tomorrow night with a low of 37. Periods of rain Saturday, we'll see a high Saturday of 53. Colder Sunday with times of clouds and sun will reach a high of 36. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Many years ago, I used to work in downtown Pittsburgh and would always stop by the Franctuary, which was mm. in the basement of Trinity Cathedral. Now, the Franctuary was started by a couple of Grove City kids. Right. All right. They graduated from Grove City and they thought, let's open a hot dog shop. Could you imagine the parents saying, you're, you're going to what? Well, you just graduated from college. Now you can open a hot dog shop. But it's been around forever, forever and ever. Uh, word today, though, that the Franctuary is saying, fare you well. We're done. The food truck, the Franctuary food truck, is still going to be an option, apparently. But uh, they moved from downtown Pittsburgh. They bounced around a little bit. They settled in Lawrenceville, I think, where they've been for the last 17 on years. On Butler Street on the corner there. But uh, Tim Tobish, uh, who's been with us, mm-hmm. uh, Franctuary, uh, uh, I don't know, th- three or four times, I think, over the years, we've just talked about what it is to be a believer and run a hot dog shop. It was always kind of a yeah. fun little visit. But they've said goodbye, and uh, end of the year, that's it for Franctuary. That's disappointing. Mm-hmm. The end of the year also uh, marks the end of Donatelli's in Bloomfield, mm, which is one really... of my favorite in all... family markets with a, a terrific fish sandwich, great tuna salad, That's hard great to replace. You know, hot sausage, you, and the best biscotti in town, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, you weren't asking me, but I thought I'd Thank tell you. you. No, but that, so delicious. The... Are you kidding me? Am I exaggerating? No. No, of course. Um, so now Donatelli's, as I understand it, is open for people. They're hoping that someone would take it over. You know, that they would pass on the recipes and they just need someone to run the business. But You were in of, there. As of yet, no takers. Mm-hmm. I was in there maybe, what, three weeks ago maybe? And you said the shelves were getting bare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I bought um, eight uh, contain- eight like packages of biscotti and froze them. Really? Yeah, because of my... Can you fr- oh, you can them. freeze them. Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. You ever make biscotti? I never have. Which, and they say again, it's, you know, easy. easy right. Oh, it's exactly. easy First of all, I don't buy that. Second of all, it's like Prantles being in Northside. Like, I don't need that much danger in my life. Right. Can you imagine if I started making biscotti? Well, you think in Bloomfield there would just be it's a not biscotti enough. shop, right? Well, they didn't need a biscotti shop. They had Donatelli's. Because they had Donatelli's. But how about Enrico's in the Strip? I don't... I, I, 
I like Enrico's. Yeah. I just prefer Donatelli's. Yeah. But I like Enrico's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm certainly not going to, you know. Diss on someone. Of course no, not. No, please don't. Also, a place I liked a lot, the Coca Cafe in Lawrenceville, closed about three months ago, which is uh, pretty close to Franctuary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hear that they're, that's becoming like a lunchtime sandwich place. Remember the Coca Cafe? We ate there several yep, times. I do. That was a really creative, right. fun place for breakfast. I mean, it was always kind of my dream to own a hot dog shop. I know. You've said that before. You know, but, you know, you, you have to have volume to have the hot dog. But, and, well, that's you know, the problem. How many of those do you have to sell to make a living? A lot. I mean, good that's grief. That's thousands and thousands of hot dogs. Right. And so people just aren't like they used to be out and about. Right. Problem was, if I owned a hot dog shop, I'd be eating the hot dogs. I'd look like a hot dog. Again, that's why I don't make biscotti. Right. We also want to say uh, that we had an absolutely beautiful evening at Alla Familia, which is a wonderful restaurant in Allentown last night. And what a terrific place. Fabulous If place. you're looking for a place to go, go yep, there. Very much so. Thank you to okay. Mona, our wonderful waitress. Take a quick break. Uh, when we do come back, Alliance Defending Freedom is part of a lawsuit that is happening in Pennsylvania. Allegheny Re- Reproductive Health Center versus the Pennsylvania Department of Human Services. Information about that next. 101.5 WORD. In poverty-stricken Ethiopia, children are suffering from severe acute malnutrition. They're starving and dying. But our ministry partners at Save the Children are there to help. Your $60 one-time gift can provide the ready-to-use therapeutic food, the emergency nutrition and medication to bring a child back from the brink of death. Every little bit you can give will make a huge difference. Please call now, 888-884-4. You can give online at wordfm.com, keyword save the children. Turkey and stuffing, real mashed potatoes, sliced top round, Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole, chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse. You have a special event coming up in your life, a shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all-natural, farm-fresh foods, then it's time to give the Springhouse Catering Department a call at 724-228-3339. From your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create, you will be delighted. After every catering event, Jill tells our cooks, I wish I could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us. Give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm fresh catering from the Springhouse. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement. For roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding a roof replacement offer valid through 123121 all with 12 months no interest no processing fee and backed by the best warranty in the industry schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrspittsburgh.com that is windowsrspittsburgh.com 
got church? We do 24-7. And now you can watch Cornerstone Television's Pittsburgh Faith and Family Channel on Comcast Channel 1185. Use the Faith and Family Channel to watch local inspirational services conveniently from your home. Or peruse our channel for a sneak peek at a church to visit in person this Sunday. Check out Pittsburgh Faith and Family on Comcast Xfinity Channel 1185, Verizon Channel 472, or Armstrong Channel 95. There's a case now that's uh, winding its way through the courts. And from Alliance Defending Freedom, uh, Kevin Tario is with us, who is the ADF Alliance Defending Freedom Senior Counsel. The case is Allegheny Reproductive Health Center versus Pennsylvania Department of Human Services. And, uh, Kevin, welcome back to the show. Uh, please uh, give us the specifics. Uh, tell us what's, what's what we can expect here. Really appreciate you having me on. Sure. Yeah, so, thank you. Yeah, the bottom line is that no one should be forced to pay for or participate in abortion. And right now... Pennsylvania's law um, makes sure that tax funds aren't used to uh, fund uh, elective abortion in that state. Uh, But what has happened is abortionists have challenged that law, and they want state funding to go towards abortion. Um, And, uh, of course, uh, that would be a tragedy because of all the harms Mm -hmm. that come from, from abortion. Sure, of course. So this has been a, an ongoing issue. It's you know all the way Years. up to the presidential level. Is is should tax funds go toward toward abortion? Should they not? Obviously, we know that Joe Biden, um, you know, famously changed his stance on this uh, during the twenty twenty election. So, um, so locally, uh, how is the debate different in Pennsylvania than it is on a national level? Or are there some particulars to this case that we need to know about? I think uh, from a 30,000 foot perspective, it's no different than the okay. national perspective. You know, the idea that um, that in a free society, you shouldn't be forced to participate in abortion. And of course, if the any federal funds are involved, there are some pretty strict laws that says that federal money can't be used for elective abortion. And of course, a lot of states like Pennsylvania have a similar state law that says no state law can be used for that. But the issue really comes down to um, the physical and mental harms that abortion can inflict on women Mm -hmm. and the fact that, um, hey, um, no matter a person's view on abortion, people widely accept that they could suffer grief. And, um, and of course, the anxiety and depression and substance abuse that go along with that. Um, There are many folks that think not only is that a problem for woman for the for the for the woman and uh, something that we don't want to be a part of, but obviously for those of us who believe that life begins at conception and that's a that's a, a living living uh, individual in that womb, yes. um, it's bad for the baby too. Of course, from Alliance Defending Freedom, Kevin Tirio is with us, Tario. And uh, so, Kevin, talk about Alliance Defending Freedom stepping alongside. Uh, where are you in the case, and uh, what do things look like? So um, the case is on appeal to the Supreme Court, essentially, of Pennsylvania, and uh, because the, the law was upheld at the lower courts. And uh, they, uh, the folks who are litigating it, the legislature who's defending it, asked uh, for amicus briefs. And so Lions Defending Freedom on behalf of uh, the American Association of Pro-Life Obstetricians and Gynecologists, as well as some other clients, um, filed a brief. Um, that really explains not only the harms of abortion and why people shouldn't be involved in it, but why the state of Pennsylvania shouldn't have policies that encourage it. And so how will the case be argued? What are next steps? 
So uh, it's unclear exactly when it will be argued, but it will probably be argued in the spring. Um, the state uh, will defend it, and they've been doing a, a decent job, the legislators, of defending it to date. And so uh, there is a really strong opinion from the Pennsylvania Supreme Court saying that uh, not only does Pennsylvania not have to fund abortion, uh, but the Pennsylvania Constitution doesn't require them to do so. And so we are hopeful and optimistic that uh, the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania will uh, will affirm that case and continue to uh, make sure that people aren't forced to fund something that uh, violates their their convictions through their taxes. Right. So hopeful and optimistic, Kevin. But I'm sure there's been many times, especially in the topsy-turvy world we live in today, where whether, you know, Alliance Defending Freedom uh, or whatever legal entity is surprised by the outcomes of um, of a, a of a jurist decision. We are. And uh, it's unfortunate. But, um, of course, uh, you know, we believe and, I, and hopefully more and more people are believing. And I, I think the polls show that, that Abortion really has no place in a civilized society. It's bad for the mothers. It's bad for the babies. And it's even bad for the uh, medical profession because it's such a barbaric procedure and uh, dehumanizes people and, and can be used even as a, as a method of discrimination, not only against the disabled, but also based upon sex and race. Kevin Terrio has been with us, ADF Senior Counsel from Alliance Defending Freedom. Kevin, thank you for sharing your expertise on this. Love your work. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Y'all have a great Christmas. Yes, yeah, Merry too. Christmas to you. I mean, it is heartbreaking. And really, count your lucky stars that a group like Alliance Defending Freedom is there for us, for believers, to represent themselves in very contentious cases that wind their ways across the courts in this country. Alliance Defending Freedom. Impact Mortgage Corp. DBA Cash Call Mortgage NMLS ID 128231 Equal Housing Lender. Not licensed in all states including New York. Offer based in loans over $250,000. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. With the holidays right around the corner, would a little extra cash come in handy? Instead of loading up those high-interest credit cards, get the cash you need the smart way. With home values at all-time highs and interest rates still low, Cash Call Mortgage can help you get the cash you need from your home's equity and get a low interest rate at the same time. How does a cash-out refinance mortgage and a rate in APR in the twos sound? We'll even cover the title, escrow, and appraisal fees. Need extra holiday cash? Want to pay off high-interest debt? Or just put money away for a rainy day? Then a cash-out refi from Cash Call Mortgage is the perfect solution. For a free quote to see if you qualify, go to CashCallMortgage.com or call us today. Call 800-931-6651. That's 800-931-6651. 800-931-6651. At Christmas time, everything sparkles. But nothing sparkles more brightly than her eyes when you surprise her with a gift from Trinity Jewelers. You know, more engagements happen at Christmas time than any other time of the year. Maybe it's because things that speak of eternity go best together. This year, make your own little miracle with a little help from Trinity Jewelers. Trinity Jewelers, Mount Nebo Road, for when you really want to say, I love you, at trinityjewelers.com. 
Don't let pests scare away your business. Get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. When cold drives pests and rodents inside, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team has your business covered. Get a free quote on your pest control and sanitation plan for the upcoming year with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Jennifer had a lot of anger from her past, and unfortunately, she was passing that on to her kids, but she found something better. Focus on the family gave me the tools that I needed to nurture my children rather than breaking their spirits, because growing up, that's all I knew. I'm Jim Daly. This season, help us give families hope. And when you give today, your donation will be doubled. Donate at FocusOnTheFamily.com slash family. More than one in three people will face cancer in their lifetime. Unfortunately, fear can stop you from getting your cancer screening, but it won't stop cancer. Early detection can save your life. Don't wait for symptoms to appear to act. Cancer screening is safe, effective, and accessible for everyone, including free or low-cost screening programs. Go to CancerScreenInfo.com right now for free screening resources and recommendations from the American Cancer Society. Don't wait. Early detection can save your life. Go to CancerScreenInfo.com today. CancerScreenInfo. I often wonder about this. Someone sneezes. Mm. Okay, so it's someone sneezes is your in your living room, yeah. as opposed to someone sneezing at Costco. Mm. It doesn't matter where. I always am compelled to say out loud, "God bless you." How about you? I always say, but. Bless you, but without the God. Oh. Not that I'm trying to leave him out. I don't know why. Keep I, God in the sneeze. I don't. <laughs> That's what they say. You know what? It's the culture trying to take Christ out of sneezing. I mean, before you know it, it's going to be on a coffee cup. It is. Keep God in the I sneeze. don't know why. I say bless you. Not God. Not God. And I feel badly. And I feel like I should. Well, I want to correct your theology. Okay, good. <laughs> I, mean, okay. I, I always well, just think, well, I mean, you know, in our house, you know, okay, you're growing up. One person sneezes, you get multiple God bless you. It's like a, a oh. shower, a manna from heaven. Right. Hey, thank you. you have six I'll siblings, just sneeze right? more often. Uh, you know, I feel closer to God if I, right? All right. So, why do you, what's your, what's the, like, the understanding you have about why we do that? Well, for me, I just think it was a family habit. Oh. Right? I just well, think no, that you I know, mean, originally I grew up it came on that. from the fact that your heart stops when you sneeze. That's what I always heard. So, but I don't know if that's true. Come on. Is that made up? All right. Christy thinks it's made up. She it seems buy. to be a reflex response, I would say, for a lot of people. Why do we feel compelled to say if anybody sneezes? There's an article of all places in today's New York Times uh, attributing divine blessings to a sneeze may serve various functions when ordinary explanations are lacking. Okay. Right? If it's repeated enough. Because according to the New York Times, the only reason you believe in God is because you haven't found anything better yet. <laughs> right. Listen. Sorry, anytime, I read the paper every day, but, you know, sometimes it gets ridiculous. Well, anytime any mainstream publication wants to talk about God, aren't you curious about yeah, that? Yeah, right? I am. Yeah. Um, in ancient times, people believed that sneezing would allow evil spirits to enter your body. Mm. And saying Except God bless you you're kept. Expelling. Well, saying God bless you put the gate down, kept out those evil spirits. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, other responses to sneezing, uh, sneezing Gesundheit in German, right? Doesn't that mean God bless you in German? Salud in Spanish came from the idea that a sneeze is a sign of a divine benefits. Oh. The opposite. Oh, so like this is like you're so lucky that right. you could have a sneeze. That that's right. God blessing you. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. According to Omar Haig, a psychiatrist and social scientist at Harvard, 
The onset of sneezes appear to be random. Attributing divine blessings may function to explain things when ordinary explanations are lacking. He says, quote, because of the deep connection in the human psyche between religion, cleanliness, and the emotion of disgust, invoking God after sneezing is more likely as compared to in God invoking God after other uh, events, like a, a random piece of debris hitting someone on the shoulder. Yeah, you don't say God bless you after, you know, someone gets, you know, I don't know if they trip and fall in the mall. Right. So that's weird. Um, it's a historical, simply saying bless you also reduces for the heathen. religious implications. There we go. I'm trying to re- reduce the religious implications. Or revelations about your own belief, says uh, Frank Farley, who's a psychology professor at Temple. It is more non-sectarian. That's me, mm-hmm. you guys. Sharon Schweitzer, who's written about etiquette, says that even today, many people believe that saying God bless you or bless you is the indication of social standing, social graces, and kindness. Oh, so it's like man, it's like having good manners? Our parents taught us to say it, so we say it, right? It's a conditioned response. It can be catching, right? One person says it, other people say it. It is micro-affection. Is it like a microaggression, only better? Exactly. Saying God bless you may endanger, engender an extremely brief and passing feel-good connection to the person sneezing, a phenomenon that they call micro-affections, an antidote to micro-aggression. Mm. Conformity. Many of us conform to the norm. So saying bless you, God bless you, is a response of civility that underlies many of our social mores. Okay. All right. So, like, if you guys are in my office... And you sneeze, I say bless you. First of all, if you sneeze at the same moment, that's odd, but okay. It happens. So I say, God bless you because I'm trying to A, B, have good manners. Right. Uh, uh, B, I'm trying to uh, support, to, to, <laughs> to endorse the social mores that we've, that we've grown up with. Right. And number three, I'm trying to invoke God into it because I don't, I haven't come up with a scientific explanation yet. Right. Now, here, I'll take this to my own emotional sickness. There have been times whenever I'll sneeze and my wife won't say, God bless you. My first response is, into my little nutty way, she doesn't love me anymore. (laughs) 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 And then I'll say, in my pityness, hey, how about a God bless you? And she'll go, oh, yeah, God bless you. Like she'll blow me off, which right, also sends me into a deeper psychological right, of course, struggle. If you wouldn't I have mean, that's it up. crazy. You, know? you shouldn't have brought it up because Sorry. once you ask for a gift now, and you get the gift, it's not a gift and it doesn't mean anything. And, and now cre- you hate yourself more. Exactly. Or yeah. maybe she may hate me. Right. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. hey, can I have a goblet? I, I just, who, who knew you were so sensitive to such a thing? Just, Is that um, with all of us? Like, have I? Have I? No. So you guys are fine. Yep. I don't care. It's just okay. my, you know, my dear beloved. You know, hey, don't forget me. I might be dead in here. I may, my heart may have stopped. Right, and she doesn't care. And uh, there I am lying on the floor, and I missed the blessing. That's sad. Just saying. That is really... For the record, I, I Googled it. Your heart doesn't stop. It oh. doesn't. No. Hey, thanks. You're welcome. Okay. Maybe if you... Snu- How about, like, you know, you you do this, Kath. She'll sneeze, like, once, and then, like, five times. And then you go like this. You, you sneeze, it's funny. You go, but you, but you. But you, it's like high. It is. It's like I'm like I, I laugh. I'm I, sitting it's, it's, I go, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I have a really dumb sounding sneeze. But you, I do. But you, I, I go like I. Mine's like my mind's like this. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like gigantic. You know, it's, <laughs> holy smokes! My you think my heart would stop after that. Right. And mine's like a little trapped animal. Right. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh, why. what is your sneeze? Do you know what your sneeze is like? 
Somebody told me my sneeze is cute. Cute. That came from another girl, so. Yeah. You know, like this? Because girls do the good. You know. <laughs> I guess that's what it sounds like. I don't know. <laughs> How about you like, didn't hear, if you sneeze, like you burst your eardrums? God bless you. What? I can't hear you. And you don't love me. <laughs> That's a really sad family dynamic there. Really I'm being sad. transparent here. Okay, speaking of a uh, yeah, sad family dynamic, Yeah, there was a – I had very little tension with my mom and dad when I was a little kid. What do you okay? mean? Like just – I didn't – I wasn't a kid who was like super recalcitrant or like really, you know, oppositional or anything. Oh, yeah. yeah. I just really liked to get along with my parents. And you were so a good girl. I was a good girl. Kathy's such a good girl. Well, I – Remember, one time, seriously, one time, being really angry with my mom. How old? Uh, I was probably seven. Oh. Do you know why? Why? She wouldn't let me buy the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. What? Which it's seven? Which debuted on this day in a particular year. She would not let me get the soundtrack because it was an R-rated movie. Well, see, because Nanny had good sense, and she was trying to protect you. She was. She was. Your little soul. Yes, exactly. But I wanted that so it's seven. badly. You thought John Travolta was, like, doing it in the not, white suit? I didn't even know anything about John oh, Travolta. You can't by the way. So, what year did that debut? Uh, 1976. Very close. 1977. Okay. That's good, John. Thank you. Uh, do you have any connection to that at all? I'll just say it's a horrible film. Isn't it a bad... So, of course, because I was not able to get the soundtrack, soundtrack. I never saw the movie right. until maybe a couple years ago when I was sick. And I was... You know how you're oh, sick and you're that? like, you know, yeah. like laying there you know, pitifully on the sofa. What a, it's a bad <laughs> film. As much of a cultural phenomenon... The film became, and I mean, disco, right? If sure. you were alive in the you know mid to late seventies, everybody was discoing, which right. is kind of a whole weird thing, right? But when you watch the movie, you think this is a junky movie. It's and he it's like thumbs down. He is so unbelievably skinny, mm. and just re- like I can't believe that ever caught on. What disco? Well, him. Oh no, John! Oh, look, when you know Vinnie Barbarino. I don't get that. Vinny, did you watch Welcome Back, Cotter? When I mean, when I was yeah. very there was I don't get that. Oh, no, I don't. He was just, I don't get John, his. He exuded charm. He did. He in did. Saturday Night Fever. Not, no, well, he he, he was. He, that was that, he, yeah, oh. no, I'm not saying that. As Vinny Barbarino, I mean, you know, it was the first flush. It was kind of like you know America's little you know sweetheart in a way. He was. He was super sweet, very fun. Okay, Christy, any connection? No, she has nothing. Nothing. That's 1977. No I wasn't even thought of. Were your parents no, alive in 1977? Have you ever seen the movie? Do you know the name of the movie? I know Do the it? name of the movie. But I've you don't never, know the... I've never seen it. Do you know the sound? Do you know any of the music from no. this? Okay. Oh, the Bee Gees? You know the Bee Gees? I know the Bee Gees. Okay. How about the Bee Gees? I was a fa- Are you a fan? Yes. Oh, my well, goodness. I, I was mad at Nanny. Right. That's how much of a fan Well, the Bee Gees sort of had, you know, multiple lives. Like early 60s Bee Gees? I don't really know. Oh, that. that's that's some good stuff. But too. this was when they were at their absolute oh, yeah, apex. Yeah. The brothers. Oh my gosh, uh, Maurice. Yeah. Wait, Barry, mm-hmm. Maurice, and Simon. Mm-mm. No, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And now I feel is, badly. I can't think of the other one. Is Maurice the only like I, I saw? Like Barry's a, the only one alive. I think I saw a PBS special, and it was like Barry's like walking down the street by himself. Yeah. And hearing the false. Because weren't the other two twins? She's. I don't even. Maurice know. So, yeah, and you, whoever. Much I feel like, and then Andy, of course, was the youngest brother, who I, I, I believed I would grow up to marry. 
really? Uh-huh. Flowing, Destined. Flowing Rivers was, I had that. And on your wedding night, you'd have to say, I didn't buy the album, dude. <laughs> Sorry. And then you sneezed, and he was like, no, God bless you, my lady. I don't love you anymore. <laughs> That's how that works. Anyway, we'll take a quick break. Come back. Oh, this is. No, we're not taking a break. Oh, we aren't. Oh, no, oh geez. I, I hit the button. And I'll look at the Christie's in there like losing her hand. I'm so sorry. No. I'm I thought that was like weird. the perfect place to leave. And now it I, was a perfect place to leave, except we're almost at the top oh, of the hour. Oh, sorry, Christy. There we go. Boom. It's all right. Coming up. In, back God bless you. <laughs> coming up in the five o'clock hour, Pittsburgh City Council moves ahead with an effort to create the Office of Immigrant and Refugee Affairs. We'll talk about what that means for the city of Pittsburgh. Also, America's wealthiest pastor dodges a property tax claim on his mansion. Mm. Mm-hmm. And we want to say thank you to, to everyone. Everybody who chipped in for Save the Children over the last couple Holy days. Such smokes. an incredible response. Yesterday could have been one of our highest donation days since we've been doing these. Because it was a real super pro-life. It was just, I, the, everyone the, was the like, response yeah, yesterday was really amazing. So Fabulous. thank you so much. You guys are incredible. Truly you are. Really so generous and consistent. Mm-hmm. So we really appreciate that. Biggie. I, sh- I wish I could make myself sneeze. I get some pepper. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, tune in, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. At least five people have died after a powerful storm system swept across the Great Plains and Midwest. More than 20 unconfirmed tornadoes reported Wednesday, mostly in eastern Nebraska and Iowa. Hundreds of thousands without power. Prosecutors have rested their case against Kim Potter, the Minnesota police officer charged in the shooting death of black motorist Dante Wright. Prosecutors wrapped up their week-long case Thursday morning, and now Kim Potter's defense attorneys have their turn, starting with character witnesses. She has said she meant to draw her taser instead of her handgun while attempting to stop Wright from driving away during an arrest. Yesterday, jurors heard from law professor Seth Stoughton, a use-of-force expert who also testified at the Derek Chauvin trial. The use-of-force was apparently excessive and inappropriate. In cross-examination, the defense got Stoughton to agree that Wright would not have been shot if he hadn't tried to get away. I'm Jennifer King. This is SRN News. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. For most of us, it's hard to even look at. We've all seen images of a hungry child. She can barely move because that hunger has left her exhausted, lifeless. There's a name for this. It's severe acute malnutrition. Save the Children works in poor areas and cares for the child you're thinking of right now. But they can't do it without you. Your $60 gift to save the children can provide the emergency nutrition needed to bring a child back from the verge of death. Will you give the gift of life to a child today? Even a little that you can give will make a huge difference. Please call now, 888-884-4836, 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. 
or give online at SaveChildrenToday.org. That's SaveChildrenToday.org. Got church? We do 24-7. And now you can watch Cornerstone Television's Pittsburgh Faith and Family Channel on Comcast Channel 1185. Use the Faith and Family Channel to watch local inspirational services conveniently from your home. Or peruse our channel for a sneak peek at a church to visit in person this Sunday. Check out Pittsburgh Faith and Family on Comcast Xfinity Channel 1185, Verizon Channel 472, or Armstrong Channel 95. You may be into punk rock, soft rock, or classic rock, R&B, hip-hop, or house, country, techno, or techno country. But no matter what kind of music you listen to, here's something else you should hear. Please consider getting vaccinated. Talk to your pharmacist today about Comirnaty, COVID-19 vaccine mRNA. This message brought to you by BioNTech and Pfizer. With today's technology, anyone can take a video. But getting it ready for primetime, that's something many churches aren't equipped to handle. Here at Salem Video, we offer churches everything they need to go from rough cut to picture lock. With your raw footage, we can produce great-looking videos for your social media, podcast, website, and even live service element. From text animation, visual effects, transitions, logos, music, and more, here's where we put it all together. What can Salem Video do for you? Ask GM Brad Marshall at 412-503-4770. It'll be breezy this evening with clouds breaking, colder tonight, low 35. Some sunshine for tomorrow, then turning cloudy and cooler with a high of 47. Rain tomorrow night with a low of 37. Periods of rain Saturday, we'll see a high Saturday of 53. Colder Sunday with times of clouds and sun will reach a high of 36. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome in. Yeah, thanks for being here. It's, uh, it's dark out there. Again, once again, is it not? Yeah, but aren't we close? We're very close to the shortest day of the year, right. which I think is the 21st. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 16th. So, we're close. Uh-huh. So, as soon as we hit the darkest day of the year. Boom. It's all looking up. Oh, of course. Everything. It's all optimism. And to be to be honest, it's not that bad, is it? I mean, right, you know, it hasn't been that bad. Well, especially because it's been so warm. Yeah. I don't feel like we have anything to complain about no, at all. No, I like it. Um, so what the heck? I'll take the. Uh, plus, I think we're falling ahead, springing ahead. You know, falling back, springing ahead later and later. Oh yeah, it's it, we're only doing this for what? What was it? Sixty-five days or something? Yeah, we're out of daylight short. savings time. Right. So, again, why do we do it? I don't know. All right. News comes today that a Pittsburgh City Council, John, has moved ahead with efforts to create the Office of Immigrant and Refugee Affairs, which I think is, it sounds like it's a great idea. Uh, I do not know. It's interesting, I think. um, I'll I'll give you a little uh, sort of update on that story. Um, But it's interesting is that, you know, so the mayor is leaving, right? Mayor Perdido. Yes. He's leaving the office here at the end of the year, but they're doing it now. Which seems kind of weird. I mean, it's you know two weeks until the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe it's something that was important to him, uh, and they're trying to give him a little, you know, pat on the back as he exits. You know, have you heard anything about the Afghan refugees coming in? I haven't. Neither have I. I'm surprised by that. 
Yeah. Uh, so I'm not sure how many Afghan refugees there are. All I know is, you know, the entire country, everybody with a heart was looking at those uh, video images and still images from Afghanistan in those days of the chaotic exit in August that was completely avoidable and, a com- and an embarrassment for all of our country. Anyway, we had pity on those people because of what they were about to suffer. And so however many of them are here, uh, it should just give us a reminder that when we see someone who is a refugee or from who is another country, we can only imagine what mm-hmm. they have suffered before they have arrived. A journey to here. get here yeah. and the sh- the cultural shock once oh they arrive. Gosh. What the heck? Yeah. Okay, so Pittsburgh City Council yesterday announced legislation that would create an office dedicated to supporting immigrants and refugees. Of course, you know, this is, I'm reading from uh, today's Tribune Review. Uh, Julia Felton is the reporter. But, you know, she's raising the question, wait, uh, the new mayor, Ed Ganey, is coming in, you know, early in January. And Bill Peduto, so wh- why, why don't you just wait? It's going to be called the Office of Immigrant and Refugee Affairs. It would help connect immigrants and refugees with resources and benefits offered throughout city, county, state, and federal government and private organizations. It would also advise other city offices on engaging the immigrant and refugee population. The city already offers such services. Through the Welcoming Pittsburgh Initiative, which was established in 2014, uh, that office is currently housed in the Office of Equity, which I didn't even know that there no, existed. No, I mean either. City Council introduced the measure to expand the program into an independent office in early November. No council members objected to the concept, but some expressed concern about uh, Mayor Peduto's exit. Council put the effort on pause for nearly a month. The measure came back yesterday. Preliminary votes, uh, most were in favor, two abstained just because of the timing thing. I don't know. I wonder how many immigrants... How many people could this potentially affect? Right. Um, of course, it's always a, an issue about funding. Uh, there's no funding proposal as of yet no. to, you know. Get... There's nothing to fight about then yet. Right. Right? That'll but I wonder, I mean, come how, up next. Is it how many immigrants in the city? Right. You think, is, are we talking about 500 people or are we talking about 15,000 people? I have no idea what that number would be, right? Um, but if, the, if it is a large number of people, you would think it would require full time of attention. But if it's a trickle, uh, other resources are available, I'm sure. I'm sure, he says, like right, full exactly. certainty, like I've got that covered. <laughs> right. yeah. When's the last time you were in the city-county building? Ooh, that's a good question. I, I can't tell you the last time I was in the city-county building. Christy, have you ever been in the city-county building? I think so. Okay. I mean, I maybe, maybe to renew a dog license. And that may have been, you know, when I was working there decades ago. I was um, in, the, I got my passport uh, oh, photograph taken there and my application and that was maybe i don't know a couple years ago i wonder if it's still old school it, because it was oh, right? you, it you was, mean inside yeah oh very much so like you know little cubby holes yes. and pieces of oh, paper yeah, walking sure. around and you know very, they're doing this business the same way yeah, they did 50 years ago it's what it looks like that's what it always yeah. felt like i always loved the building from the outside and i'm not as much of a fan of it from the inside just well, the the you know it's, it's quirky it it's it's kind. Of, it's it's not particular. I guess, it's not supposed to be welcoming. It's supposed to you know portray the government. strength and the solidity of the government. Mm-hmm. And don't cross it. So I get that, but it's just, it's not my favorite building in Pittsburgh. They used to have a really great um, newsstand right inside. Yeah, which I bet they don't have anymore uh, because not. I'm, I'm sure I would have noticed that. Like I said, it's been decades since I worked in mm-hmm. downtown Pittsburgh. But I would go there and you know you grab whatever out of town papers or it was it was a good place to grab a paper. Favorite downtown building. 
Christy, think about it. You don't even know any because she's not from town. Well, close okay, to okay I'll tell you this. I mean, I was in town yesterday. You were in town yesterday. Yeah, right. And uh, I parked um, over by um, I parked over by the boulevard okay. and, and walked into town. And I walked down Smithfield Street, mm-hmm. and I saw the Kaufman's building, which just breaks your heart. Breaks your heart. I mean, it's like it looks like it's you know like it's been abandoned, which you know uh, which it hasn't has been, been abandoned. But well, there's been fires in there. The good news is apparently. The target is going to be on the first floor. The smallest, one of the smallest targets in the country. What the thought? I know. I know. I'm going to sound like, like you. I can't be pleased because I'm happy that something's going in there. But the thought of Christy, check this out. When I was little, the first floor of Kaufman's oh, downtown it was like a palace. You'd walk in. You'd I, I, you'd walk in, and first of all, you were there was this this waft of potential that you breathed it was exciting it was just and it was so grown up there was so much color and bustle and i mean i'd walk in and i'd think this i'd rather be here it's it's like disney it's so better than so beautiful to me it was like always like an an entrance into serious adultness yeah like you walk in the jewelry department was there and then cosmetics. there was like cosmetics there, and then way back, sort of like in the little that you went under a little tunnel, and then you there was like the men's, the men's department. department, and then there were the escalators that went upstairs to the mezzanine, and then there was the little candy section. Oh my which god! Which I thought I was like, if you could afford to buy candy at Kaufman's, no, pe- you were didn't living do that. the right life. Some people did that. You were just in a different zip code. I if you did that. loved it. I loved it. Remember, they had that little, that little tiny escalator. The that got one. you. I loved that wooden one. It's kind of like shook back and forth. It was there. so oh. elegant. I loved it. So the thought that that's going to be a target is a tough pill to swallow. But I'm glad it's going to be something. At this point, I'd, if it was a Meineke muffler, I'd be yes. happy just because have somebody in there because the building itself feels like it's I falling know. down. Right? Imagine living in there. No, it's. I mean, you know, there are apartments. Right. Like, well, but they're not actual. Are, they never, I think did they so. Make, did they actually build those? Mm, I think so. People are still. But they complained. Then the building was resold again after the fire, yada, yada. Favorite building in downtown Pittsburgh? Uh, favorite building in downtown Pittsburgh. Well, you know, I used to work at 225 Ross. Oh, I love it. down. That's an old building, mm-hmm. right? I used to work uh, at 225. It was Gateway Studios. Oh, that that strip down there is really nice. And the Gianni, you mean family. down there by Second Avenue, right across? There? Yeah, right, right as you turn off of Second mm-hmm. Avenue is two twenty five, and the Gianni family owned that building, and it was all, it was video production, art production, it was just fabulous. It was like a, an idea factory, and then on the top floor, Reen and Peter Gianni had an apartment. <gasps> they lived there. Were you? And Peter would bring over antiquities from Italy. I mean, there were marble horse heads when you got off the elevator. It was fabulous. So that was my favorite building, that's, 225 That's a very Ross. good yeah. choice. You? Uh, I have to go Union Trust. Yeah, that's a beautiful building. I mean, building. just, we know what's on top, right? Because yep. it's just like the an elegant Gothic, but not really like mini Gothic cathedrals that are just covering up the HVAC system. Exactly. But that's you think that's are. a church up there. Oh, my gosh. But, you know, my friend Darren uh, Grove runs TrueFit, and TrueFit has its offices yeah, in yeah. that building. So I was there. I hadn't been there in since I was a kid. Walked in there during COVID. What a spectacular space. Are the telephone booths still there? Remember the telephone booths? There were like a row of like 15 wooden telephone booths. No, I don't remember In the lobby. That. I don't remember that. And that was like, ooh, 
that was like business was. Do done. you remember the whole, the how, how the whole middles open? Mm-hmm. You know, all the way up to yeah. the. Fabulous. Remember the Jenkins Arcade? You know, I do, I remember oh, its name, but I don't remember the building. Just loved it. Yeah. All right. Anyway, coming up next, America's wealthiest pastor uh, dodges a property tax claim on his mansion. We're oh, going to talk about that who that. Yeah, we're going to talk Wait, about. We have a guest coming up. No, we're talking about who that is and how that is. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Yeah, you think I'm making stuff up, John? Here I am. I'm lost. Please help the senior citizen. 101.5 WORD. God bless us, everyone. What's the biggest blessing you can imagine this Christmas season? How about having your mortgage or rent paid for 2022? It's possible when you enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. Enter once a day to increase your opportunities to win. See rules and conditions for details. To our Merry Christmas, God bless us. God bless us. Enter now at wordfm.com. Brought to you by Robin Jones, Swickley Realtor, and Trinity Jewelers. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it time for open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also when you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. For the typical family, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate when compared to health insurance. Double. It really is remarkable. There's more than 400,000 members now who have shared more than $4 billion in medical bills, so they can handle your bills too. And here's the thing. If you joined before December 15th, They'll waive your new member fee, so that's another $170 you'll save. I'll give you the number here in a second, but call, and you'll get a price within two minutes. And again, the deadline, December 15th, so call now, and you'll save even more. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. When kids need medical care, they will often face stressful and life-changing experiences. They miss out on the things that make being a kid fun. Starlight Children's Foundation has delivered happiness to 17 million seriously ill kids and their families at more than 800 children's hospitals and healthcare facilities. Our programs entertain and inspire hospitalized kids. Learn more at starlight.org. That's starlight.org. Don't let pests haunt your home this winter. Get the help you need at boozebugstoppers.com. When bats and rodents move in, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team are ready to serve them an eviction notice. Get a free quote on your pest problem today with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to safely treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at boozebugstoppers.com. With today's technology, anyone can take a video, but getting it ready for prime time, that's something many churches aren't equipped to handle. Here at Salem Video, we offer churches everything they need to go from rough cut to picture lock. With your raw footage, we can produce great looking videos for your social media, podcast, website, and even live service element. From text animation, visual effects, transitions, logos, music, and more, here's where we put it all together. What can Salem Video do for you? Ask GM Brad Marshall at 412-503-4770. America's wealthiest pastor, John. I would not know who that was. It seems a little incongruent in some way, right? I saw I saw a piece today from the the Daily Mail, which of course is a UK uh, newspaper. But you know, 
it's always interesting to see, you know, an outsider perspective of how they look at America. So, I, you know, I'm not going to speak with the Daily Mail, but whenever I read the Daily Mail, they tend to view uh, American Christianity, especially American evangelical Christianity, with um, sort of arm, arm length mm-hmm. askew. They're like, what is going on there? So they, I don't think they denigrate, but they do raise an eyebrow whenever they write about well, this. Well, look at the Christian tradition in Great Britain. I mean, it's as <laughs> right. That's a good point. It's as buttoned down as it could possibly yes, be. Yes, exactly. And now, of course, it's always been linked with the government. Yes. So it's a whole. They, I'm sure they look at the wild west of you know evangelicalism and just faith in general in America and think these people are nuts. And you know the decline, especially. I mean, you know, England is well far ahead of us in the decline of Christianity. So they do see the rise of it, or at least the the continuation of American Christianity. That's probably just another reason to raise the eyebrow. Anyway, The Sun wrote a piece about Kenneth Copeland, who they call the richest pastor in America. And I, I did not know any of this. Now, this is not, you know, this is not necessarily, you know, me peeking into Kenneth Copeland's business. But I did not know that Kenneth Copeland lives on a $7 million estate outside of Fort Worth, Texas. And uh, behind his house, apparently, he's got a gigantic uh, airport bearing his name, a fleet of private jets, um, and, you know, whatever. I mean, Kenneth Copeland says, you know, you may think that my house is too big. Uh, You may think it's too grand, but I don't care what you think. (laughs) I heard from heaven, glory to God, hallelujah. Now, do you ever watch Kenneth Copeland? Never. He's 85. The only reason I know know what he looks like is because there was a recent news story about him, maybe within the last three months. And I remember reading it. Sadly, I don't remember what the story was, but I I now know what he, you know, appearance-wise. He's got to be in his early 80s? He's 85. Okay. So according to this article, he's worth an estimated $770 million. Stop it. He lives on a six-bedroom, six-bathroom lakeside property uh, uh, surrounded by a 24-acre lakefront tract, which allows it to bypass the Texas limit on clergy homes, taking up a maximum of one acre. So it's a larger house. So for whatever reason, Texas law allows him to do that. So $760 million he's worth. Um the 18,000-square-foot home uh, sits on... 18,000-square-foot. Mm-hmm. Now, Christy, would you and Milo be able to fit in there? Can... It would be a little tight squeeze. Okay. How now, my, Milo's, Milo's the dog. Can you imagine 18,000? What do you do in 18,000 square feet? It's a lot. What's the biggest house? I mean... Well, I can't imagine I've ever been in a house that was bigger than... 5,000? Yeah, probably. Even, or no, maybe, well, probably there are some houses in Squirrel Hill I was in that have got to be, you know, 8,000. But 000. even still, I mean, my brother had a big house, and yeah. it was somewhere in the neighborhood of four to five. I mean, I remember, like, going to stay with my brother, and the bedroom, I, I wanted, like, like a little golf cart to take me back to my bedroom, because <laughs> I didn't want to walk that far. And then you would go, I forgot my glasses. I don't want to walk back there. I'll just close my eyes and squint the rest of the day. It's too big. It's really big. How many square feet is the is the White House? Wonder. The White House, Christie's Wait, gonna the living up. quarters, or the entire White House, well, I right? I mean, because you know, you can imagine, you know, presidents wandering around the White House like at three a.m. looking for. Wait, a, you're making them sound crazy. Well, I mean, I often think about like Richard Nixon. You know, you know, in his despair and at fear 3 and paranoia, wandering around. You know, kind of tipsy. You know, calling Henry Kissinger in the middle of the night. I mean, that's a scene that's you know, if you were alive at that time, you kind of think you can imagine oh, that playing uh, out. Yeah, you do, Christy. 
Uh, 55,000 55, square feet. Okay. That's big. That's bigger than Kenneth Copeland's house. That's a relief. But at least. that goes like, like you know, Greg right, Clarkson. Right. How many, how many floors people work, below? Right. And how many people work in the White House? Right. But I just, how much is too much? I mean, okay. But you and I have traveled, we've been in people's homes overseas that make our house oh. look like Kenneth Copeland well, in the comparison. You know that. Well, like for years, Food for the Poor would build these little homes. Sure. I've seen them. You've seen them in person, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, it was. A, a, there was like a, a room on the side. You'd, you'd walk in. A common it was, it, room, it was a, a living room. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a cement block house. Yeah. Uh, they still build these houses. And there's one room on the side, like a living room. And then there are off of that two bedrooms. Mm-hmm. That's it. And I'm not saying you, people have to live that way. You know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not trying to, you know, draw a parallel between Kenneth Copeland and you know, food for the poor houses. I'm just saying, well, I'm how, ju- ma- how much square foot is necessary right. to live right. comfortably? Well, so I would say that that's a ridiculous size of a home, and that's an, an absurd amount of money. But I'm just trying to say I don't want to point the finger when if you know. One of the women who owned the house I was in in Guatemala a couple of years ago would look, at, your house. would look at my house and say, "Right, oh yeah, there's Kenneth Copeland. Is that his wife? Yes. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just, someone who loves the Lord and preaches the gospel, and I don't know what Kenneth Copeland's life story is in his beginnings. I can't imagine he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth, but how does someone earn or is given when you're a pastor 770 million. that Get seems untoward it, it this does doesn't make un- sense no. to me you're absolutely right and, uh, uh, okay but well, what about the story that he's dodged his property tax okay so that that's why we started talking about him today right. so there's a loophole in Texas law that if you live if the if the the parsonage is on more than 1 acre then somehow you don't pay the property tax because it's a church building right, right? and they don't and churches don't pay property tax that is theft <clears throat> And that damages every little tiny pastor who's living in a little tiny manse in some Hoboken place trying to serve the family of God that they've been given. How many pastors live that way? So many. So many more yep. live that way oh. than live what we're talking about. Tens and of he thousands. Makes, and he makes them all look bad. Now, again, this is how we started the conversation, right? From an outsider's perspective, people who don't belong to the church, who are not believers, yeah. and then they see that and go, "You guys are a bunch of phonies. You're you're greedy. You're you know, and all those labels, and you know, you feel that as a believer, like." It's hard to defend something like that whenever you see right. something so excessive. And again, my aim here is not to run this guy, Kenneth Copeland down, but something's out of whack when someone is given so much. It just doesn't seem right. What What are you thinking if you are professing to know and love the Lord and be his servant to help those who need help? I'm not saying he's got to live like a pauper, but clearly something's out of whack there. I don't understand. What do you think about those who give? I mean, he, the reason he got that much money people, is because, because people love him and they want to honor him. Right. People have bought in. So, right. Who am I to say no to that? It's a gift to the pastor. Okay. Are, is it a is gift it? to the, I don't know. That's the question. 
Is it a gift to the pastor? I don't know. It's a lot or is of it gifts. a gift that they're thinking they're giving to ministry that's caring for people, spreading the gospel, whatever, and it's ending up in his fleet of jets? Well, if you were part of that church, you would hopefully have some transparency to the answer to that, that the church would speak to those questions, right? And we'd hope that there'd be people asking those questions, uh, right? There has to be. Okay, here's over the last 60 years in particular, there is a segment of. Uh, of people in America who are incensed that churches aren't taxed, right? And you hear stories like that. You hear a story like this and you think this is going to give them all the ammunition they need. See, I don't believe... And it doesn't matter about the 99 other pastors that don't live that way, but the one is going to get a ton of attention and that's going to do a lot of damage. Because I don't want churches to be taxed. No, of course. Right? I just... But a lot of people do and they're going to use this as ammunition. It's so hard. I mean, all the men and women who are pastors and doing their absolute best and not making, you know, for a lot of pastors, they're they're bivocational. Right. How many pastors have we met over the years oh my gosh. who are, you know, pastoring on Sunday and are like working HVAC during the week or are, God you know, bless you guys. teaching at, you know, men high schools, you know, like private high schools or they're, you know, trying to run a carpet business or they're, try, you know, but it's, I, I, it's a hard life. So what is what does it appeal then if you are a supporter and a lover and you say you know Kenneth Copeland is my pastor and uh, it doesn't matter I'm giving t- to the church right and so what does that say about that person and th- how they look at ministry as opposed to someone you know you go to a church and there's you know it's a house church and there's fifty people what where's the disconnect or where is the, well, there's there a commonality so but there's also there's, a disconnect there has to so there. What, what, what's the, the only answer to that is that there's a different theology about what life is, about how God blesses us. So I would think that the people who are giving to Kenneth Copeland's ministry are buying into his theology, which is the prosperity gospel, which is that the wealthier you are, it's a sign of God's blessing. And so the more Kenneth Copeland can buy a jet and live in an 18,000 square foot house, the more his followers are convinced that he's blessed by God, Right. So that's the model that we should follow? No, I'm saying that's the model they're following. I think that that is antithetical to the gospel. That is not the... We have a suffering Savior. We have a Savior who lived a life of poverty, was killed by the government and by the religious leaders, suffered. He was a man of sorrows. There's no... I've never... I've never been able to get how you go from the suffering Savior to the prosperity gospel. I, I don't know. Oh, and okay, so John is showing me a photograph here online. Uh, 2018, uh, this is from the Daily Mail. 2018, Kenneth Copeland added to his jet collection when he bought a Gulfstream 5 from Tyler Perry. He asked his congregants to chip in $17 million for upgrades to the airport near his home. That's just, I'm sorry, that's a sin. I, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, not, it's not me, and it's not, but... Uh, if this is the deal that Kenneth Copeland has made with, you know, the people who attend his church, then that's the deal. Right? I just wish Jesus' name didn't have anything to do with it. All right, we need to step away. When we come back, John, does this make sense? Does what? Not this. Oh. Not, well, let's talk well, about yeah, another we thing. talk about that. All right. Does this make sense? Yeah, straight ahead. This is Kathy.
Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. I'm Dr. Baker, an ER physician. If you're having leg pain, swelling, or redness, but haven't talked to your doctor yet, don't wait. This could be deep vein thrombosis, a blood clot which could travel to your lungs and lead to a pulmonary embolism, which could cause chest pain or discomfort or difficulty breathing and be deadly. Your symptoms could mean something serious, so don't wait. Talk to a doctor right away by phone, online, or in person. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. We all know healthcare costs are through the roof, but having insurance to back you up in uncertain times provides a sense of security to us, right? I'm Kathy Emmons, and about a year ago, I lost my sense of security when I lost my health insurance. It was a sudden thing, a COVID-era adjustment they had to make, my husband's employer said, but all of a sudden, after decades of being covered by the same people, I was on my own. But it turns out, not on my own. You know I've advertised for Todd Marley at Marley Financial for years now. I've loved the sound of what they offer to individuals and small businesses, but all at once I had to depend on them for my own health insurance. And wow, have they come through. From Todd, who took the time to explain all the options, to Carrie, who has walked through literally every bit of paperwork I've had, Marley Financial has been there for me. So if you're looking for a group of people who will be there for you, think Marley Financial. Find them online, marleyfg.com or at 724-884-1496. As the challenges of the pandemic continue, families living in poverty are facing fears. They're afraid of hunger. They're afraid of eviction. But they're not afraid of hard work. When two jobs aren't enough, they find a way to keep going for their families. But when you give to the Salvation Army Western PA, you help their hopes outpace their fears. Your donation to the Salvation Army Western PA Red Cattle Campaign helps local hardworking families fend off homelessness. Keep hope marching on. Give today at SalvationArmyWPA.org slash hope marches on. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. It'll be breezy this evening with clouds breaking, colder tonight, low 35. Some sunshine for tomorrow, then turning cloudy and cooler with a high of 47. Rain tomorrow night with a low of 37. Periods of rain Saturday, see a high Saturday of 53. Colder Sunday with times of clouds and sun will reach a high of 36. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Make sense. Does what make sense? Eggnog. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely not. Mm. I mean, I don't understand people who love eggnog. It, I have no connection to it. I mean, the texture alone make me go. 
Like, I don't like that. It's, uh, what is the deal with eggnog? Uh, it's kind of like drinking cottage cheese. <laughs> yeah. Really. I. But people love the eggnog, don't they? Big time. Do you have it at your house like ever? Never. For guests. It does not make sense. I The thought of it. We so agree. We, we, I, we looked agree. it up a couple weeks ago. Uh, Christy presented me with some information. Yeah. That it, 13th century Europe, you know, they didn't have clean water, right? So anything that they could, like, so raw eggs were nothing. Oh. So let's just, you know, down those. Right. So right. it was a combination of milk, eggs, and sherry, which is horrible. And then they put nutmeg on top, which is one of my least favorite spices. Oh, I don't mind uh, Oh, it's, listen, I just have to give it a big N-O. Does not make sense. Huh. All right. So eggnog, not going to be at the Emmons household mm-hmm. for the season. For my lactose intolerant husband. Right. Mm-hmm. Or just intolerant husband, as <laughs> right, far as I'm right. concerned. All right. Uh, does this make sense? Okay. Fruit in a jar. You know, like when you're like, you know, in the refrigerated section of your local grocery store and you see like mandarin oranges in a glass jar or pineapple in a jar. And I think, what what's that about? I mean, because, you know, right there in your in the produce section, there's, you know, oranges or pineapple. But then they have it, you know, it's very pretty. So it's like the canned, but you can see it. It's it's higher end, you know. It's like it's like high end fruit cocktail without the cocktail, mm-hmm. right? So I wonder. I mean, I, I look at that and I, I kind of go, I'd like to try that sometime. And then I go, I'm not really worthy. <laughs> I don't think I I don't think <laughs> I, I don't really know. need that. It's just not I don't really, know if I have the clearance for that. I don't think so. I'll just have the regular uh, orange, you know, in the <laughs> yeah. back seat of the car. Just sure. sit there, you know. Sure. Does it make sense to you? Uh I think it makes sense. And I bought peaches for the first time last week. Peaches in a jar? Yeah. Oh, that's that's like that's like silver spoon. That's like you're in like a different social class. I didn't want to admit it. it. I didn't want to admit it to you. I feared you'd judge me. Well, I am. And I'm not judging you well. Peaches in a jar that's like it's not I I don't know. And you know what you put in the refrigerator? Yeah. Oh super cold. See. I'd like to have that, but it makes sense. I am not worthy. All right. We'll take a break. When we do come back, singleness lessons from the early church. That'll make some sense. Be right back. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy, Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. It's the most wonderful time of the year, or so the song says. But with all the events to attend and the shopping that never seems to end, maybe you're running a bit low on Christmas cheer. So let John MacArthur help you recapture the true Christmas spirit as he draws you back to the wonders of that first Christmas this week on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. For two nights only, December 17th and 18th, Museum of the Bible will present Keith and Kristen Getty live in concert. The show Sing an Irish Christmas will feature the Gettys and friends performing seven new songs along with classic Christmas carols. Get your tickets now. The Gettys won't be performing anywhere else in the D.C. area this holiday season. Sing an Irish Christmas with Keith and Kristen Getty, December 17th and 18th. Go to museumofthebible.org for more information. There's no use hiding it. I have the handyman skills of a newborn giraffe. No offense to giraffes. Luckily, though, I have a friend who has a guy for everything. Need your house painted? Your sink unclogged? Your car gasket rotated? He's got a guy for that. When it comes to buying a new home, it's often the same. Your realtor or a friend will often have a mortgage contact they work with. 
I guess what we're asking is to give us a chance to be your guy or gal for two reasons. We're committed to Word FM. We chose this station specifically because of our core beliefs. Secondly, we have a direct lender advantage. Our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. For you, this often allows us to get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money on that brand new home. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. I'm listener 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage lender license number 22672. Don't let pests scare away your business. Get the help you need at oozebugstoppers.com. When cold drives pests and rodents inside, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team has your business covered. Get a free quote on your pest control and sanitation plan for the upcoming year with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. We've all been thinking a lot lately about the air we breathe. QDOT has been thinking about it for over 100 years, providing big HVAC solutions for the commercial industry, including healthcare, where air quality is paramount. Does your home deserve any less? For affordable solutions, including their new bipolar ionizer, which may eliminate up to 99.4% of airborne viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, breathe easier with QDOT. Call 412-366-6200 or visit q-dot.com. If you've ever delved into reading in the early church, I'm sure you'd agree. It's just fascinating what the first Christians thought about so many different subjects. History nerd is with us, Danny Trick. <laughs> She's an author, a speaker, founding director of Single Minded. She wrote a terrific piece in uh, this month's edition of Christianity Today called Singleness Lessons I Learned from the Early Church. And Danny joins us uh, from Australia. Danny, welcome back. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Thanks for um, for having me. Managing the time zones um, across the world, it's good to be here. Yes, That's wonderful. We're glad to have you. Um, the Ride Home Streaming Live on YouTube. You can watch us at The Word Pittsburgh. The Word Pittsburgh. Um, Danny's joining us on Zoom, so you can see her lovely face as we talk about singleness. So not just singleness now, but singleness in the early church. I love the fact, first off, that you're a history nerd, which is awesome. Um, because one of the things we're most ignorant of is we, we is anything that happened before we showed up, right? And we tend to think that this is now the apex of civilization because we're here. Uh, so, so you have a much more uh, full throated understanding of things. So, so talk first off if if you were a single woman and it was um, let's say a hundred A.D., um, what would your situation be like? Um, well, I mean, I guess it depends on also a range of factors, um, including sort of your social status. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming we're talking about a, a Christian woman yes. as yeah, opposed yeah. Yeah, to yeah, a thank you. woman. Yeah. Um, but even within, you know, the Christian circles, there were various uh, social considerations that came into play with that. Um, age would have been different. So I'm in my early 40s. That would be very different for me um, uh, as opposed to someone in their late teens, early 20s. Um, uh, in reality, for most uh, people of that uh, time, whether they were Christian or not, um, but particularly for Christians, uh, your marriage was not something you had a lot of personal agency in. Um, mm. It was something that was there, namely arranged by your elders to help benefit 
your family, um, not in a self-seeking way, but this is just the way families were part of a broader society and the way that the family's well-being was secured um, was largely to do with the marital relationships that were forged um, amongst the children of those families. Uh, and so chances were I probably wouldn't be single at the in my early 40s. Um, I probably would have been married unless I was from a unique situation where I had a choice to remain single that most people didn't. Right. So, but there had to be people who were single by choice and they were, were they? how are they looked at at the church? Yeah, I guess, were, were they single by choice and were part of a larger community? Uh, there definitely were. Um, this is part of the trick in going back to church history and looking. We have this idea that singleness, well, what we today call singleness, this wasn't a word that they had. Um, right, right. We, you know, singleness only sort of came about in about the 14th century. But what we today called singleness um, is uh, they had very strong ideas as Christians about the dignity and the value and the purpose of that um, for those who were able to pursue it. But that actually wasn't a reality for most Christians. Most Christians in the early church didn't have the choice um, to pursue singleness uh, as well as um, provide for their family, make sure they were in a secure position within the society in which they lived. There were some. Um, increasingly over the years, as the decades and the centuries passed, there were some who found that more of an option, um, but uh, it wasn't. It certainly wasn't like um, the state of singleness in the 21st century West. Right. Um, very, very different propositions. So in your piece, you, you talk about that um, most unmarried Christians in the earliest centuries were not never married virgin adults, but rather widowed husbands and wives. In other words, long-term celibate status largely emerged out of previous marriage. I mean, you know, exactly. people died much earlier through whatever disease or accidents, and so a lot of women were left to their own devices. That's right. And they are probably the ones who had the most personal agency. Um, again, there would have been restrictions and limitations on that. But if you want to talk about particularly women who had personal agency in the decision of whether to stay single, it tended to be widows who had that. Um, and so as I wrote in the article, this idea of celibacy, um, which just back then meant being unmarried, um, actually first emerged as a real possibility out of marriage or the end of marriage uh, than the choice to never marry for oh, most okay. Christians. Okay, yeah, I understand that. Um, so talk to us then about what the role of community was for those who were single um, and those who were married. Was that, were, were they, I guess my question is, were they, uh, and again, church history is very long and it happened in many, many cultures. It's kind of silly for me to be asking these questions, you know, these very specific questions about something that's so incredibly broad. But what could you tell us about how singles and married work together in a Christian community? Yeah, and I think that's a really important qualification. We talk about church history, and then even when we just talk about the early church, we're talking about, you know, five, six hundred years across multiple continents um, under all sorts of different conditions. That's so. A lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have to be, you know, careful not to be too reductionistic in many senses. But um, I, the early church, uh, 
their concepts of family were very different to ours in lots of ways too. You know, we think of this idea of the sort of the nuclear family um, as kind of the biblical way of life. Um, certainly family is a biblical way of life, but what, the, what constituted that family, what the construction of that family looked like was very different in the first centuries to what it is in the 21st century. Um, and so the way that that operated in community was also quite different. Um, uh, and so singles in the early church um, particularly women if they remained single before monasteries and nunneries were really set up moving into the Middle Ages. A lot of it happened within the household. Um, people remained single and stayed either within their household, particularly for a woman. Um, there were household virgins, they were called. Um, others, uh, eventually we saw the development of kind of the desert monastics who sort of took themselves out into the desert and then started forming communities. Um, and that, at that point, the communities of singles became quite separate. They separated themselves out um, from the broader society in in various different ways. So again, it was quite organic and really reflected um, a a lot of social and cultural but also theological developments that happened across centuries and centuries and across different continents in different ways. Interesting. So then the idea of a a convent, a nunnery, or a, a monastery... Uh, that took hold in society. That was a huge benefit for so many people. Of course, you know, uh, whole towns and communities were built around monasteries and nunneries, uh, a gigantic benefit. So generally, as people would enter into a nunnery or a convent or a monastery, there was a measure of esteem. Would that be true about singleness within that those confines? Uh, yes, certainly. I mean, we're talking well before the Reformation. The Reformation obviously came and changed a whole lot of things. Uh, sure. But certainly sort of through the late antiquity into the Middle Ages, what we call the Middle Ages, um, to be single, what we call single, to be celibate, to be a monk or a nun or even um, a, a celibate member of the clergy uh, was a very esteemed way of life. Mm. It was um they they were uh, often talked about the angelic heroes. They were mm. they were set apart. They were different. They were distinct. Um, but that wasn't just socially. There was theological reasons for that, which is a lot of what my research engages with. Why not just what happened, but why did it happen? And in understanding why it happened, why did they think the way they did scripturally, theologically, biblically? Um, what did that then turn into in practice and how do we actually sort of unwind the practice and those institutionalized forms of singleness to see what actually drove them in the first place and what relevance does that have today for us as we think about being single in the that's, 21st that's, century? That's really absolutely fascinating. Uh, Danny mm. Trewick is with us. Uh, she's talking to us on Zoom from Australia. If you can um, go on to YouTube, right, if you can, if you want to. You can, I mean, I think you can. Maybe. Just go on and open it if you like. Uh, streaming. Live on YouTube at the word Pittsburgh. Jenny Trewick is author, speaker, and founding director of Single Minded. Um, I can already tell that we're not going to have enough time to answer all the questions that I have. Um, so, Danny, what about um, you said earlier in in one of your statements that um, that single people and married people were living different realities um, 
in in the ancient world. And so I know a lot of those were just cultural and a lot of those were physiological, right? You didn't, if, especially if you were a young woman, if you didn't have anyone to protect you or care for you or whatever, you were clearly living a perilous existence versus someone who was married, even if they were, you know, married to somebody they didn't love. Uh, it was still a, a, a different, you know, arrangement of safety. Um, what about in the church? Um, were, were there different, I mean, Paul clearly talks about the fact that he looks at, at being single as the best choice. Um, yeah. Is that something that was widely received? Um, yes, again, it was uh, in terms of their conviction, in terms of what they believed about singleness. Uh, again, I don't want to be reductionistic because, you know, I'm, you can read my book, which goes into all of this when it comes out. But there, there were lots of reasons that they actually thought that singleness was really valuable, not just for the individual Christian themselves as they lived a life of devotion to God, but actually to the church community as a reminder to the rest of the church that actually we don't live for this world. We live in light of a world which Jesus told his disciples um, and the Sadducees uh, won't actually consist of us being married to each other as humans. And so the early church grasped that in a way that we have just, I think, entirely forgotten. Mm. Um, They understood not being married as having a really important purpose to play in reminding the broader Christian community to keep their eyes fixed on eternity. Mm. Um, But married and single Christians were brothers and sisters with each other. Um, uh, Single Christians reminded the church that actually that's our primary relationship, not husbands and wives, as important and as good as that is, our enduring eternal relationships is actually as brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, That parenthood actually was transformed into thinking about how do I disciple younger Christians? How are the children in our community as much my children as their biological parents' children? Um, So there was a really very different conception of what it meant to be family, um, all of us together married and single uh, throughout church history, really. I see. So then, Danny, in all of your studies and research and reading, do you see, you know, the, the message, the echoes of the ancients' ideas of singleness, and as they vault forward to where we are now in the 21st century, is there, you know, a commonality there, is something to be learned in, in all your thinking? I think there's definitely something to be learned. That was really what my PhD research was trying to look into. What, what is there to be learned? Um, and what I really discovered was we forgot a lot of this around the time of the Reformation. As, as wonderful as the Reformation was in so many important ways, um, it really did mark a very jarring point in terms of the church history timeline and trajectory about how we thought about marriage and singleness and sexuality. And I wasn't, I wasn't expecting to go to the early church and the medieval church and find a lot of thinking about this in terms of um, the importance of singleness in thinking about the new creation. And I was really stunned when I found it because I had never, as much as I had studied church history, had just not come across it. Hmm. Um, And so I actually think the church history is so fruitfully ripe with us to actually retrieve um, understandings that we might have forgotten about the importance of of singleness in the Christian life, but also the the single Christian, the Christian community as a whole. Fabulous. So you you said made a reference to a a forthcoming book. Uh, How soon? What's the title? Uh, well, the, the working is still a working title. I'm actually just about to subscript the manuscript, submit the manuscript just before Christmas. So it'll be a while before it's on the shelves. Um, but the working title is the end of singleness question mark, intentionally provocative. Um, 
But um, but yes, it'll be a little while before it's on the shelves. But um, yeah. Well, in the um, interim, yeah, yeah, in the uh, interim, it's been a pleasure to meet you, and a pleasure to talk to you. So thanks for being here, Danny. Yeah, very interesting work. Yeah, that's Danny Truwake. She's uh, talking to us from Australia. She's an author, speaker, founding director of Single Minded. Um, Stay in touch. We'll talk about the manuscript when it becomes an actual book form, Danny. Thanks very much for having me, guys. Thank you. For most of us, it's hard to even look at. We've all seen images of a hungry child. She can barely move because that hunger has left her exhausted, lifeless. There's a name for this. It's severe acute malnutrition. Save the Children works in poor areas and cares for the child you're thinking of right now. But they can't do it without you. Your $60 gift to Save the Children can provide the emergency nutrition needed to bring a child back from the verge of death. Will you give the gift of life to a child today? Even a little that you can give will make a huge difference. Please call now, 888-884-4836, 888-884-4836, that's 888-884-4836, or give online at savechildrentoday.org, that's savechildrentoday.org. Christmas is always a special time, but this Christmas will be even more special, because this is the year you tell her how much she really means with a gift from Trinity Jewelers. An affordable piece from Trinity is the fastest way to turn up the heat without turning up your thermostat. Make this holiday the one you'll always remember with the one you'll always love. Trinity Jewelers, Mount Nebo Road, for when you really want to say, I love you, at trinityjewelers.com. Qualifying for Medicaid is complicated, and the timing of your application is critical. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. The biggest mistake? Not consulting with a qualified legal professional before you apply. There's a lot at stake, especially for those with a spouse staying at home. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we can help you navigate the Medicaid rules so you can properly protect some or all of your life savings from a long-term care crisis. Before you apply, contact Abernathy and Hagerman at a-h.law. Hurry into Mattress Firm's year-end sale. Get a king bed for a queen price or a queen bed for a twin price and save up to $500 on select mattresses from Sealy, Serta, Sleepies, and more. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying purchase. As a veteran media sales professional, a six-figure income is within your reach. I'm Andrew Pawaski, General Sales Manager of Word FM. Here at Salem Media Pittsburgh, we offer highly experienced sales and marketing professionals like you all the support and tools necessary to reach your earning potential through custom on-air campaigns, unique events, and over 50 social media and digital products. Visit Salem.cc to apply. Salem Media is an equal opportunity employer. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. This has become an increasing trend in secular music where some of the biggest stars of the day have sold their catalogs to financiers. Now, the latest and the biggest, Bruce Springsteen sold his music rights to Sony Music Group for between five and six hundred million dollars in a deal representing the largest transaction for the life's work of an individual artist, according to people familiar with the uh, the deal. 
The deal gives Sony, the second largest music label company and largest music publisher, ownership of uh, all the Springsteen hits, including Born to Run, Born in the USA, Dancing in the Dark. Um, I don't know. I mean, what do you need that for? You don't. Why they say people do this, these artists, is that after they're gone, they know that their catalog is in secure hands. Oh, so somebody's not using... Okay, so someone's not using a song for some... Twinkies. Right, or associating it with something that you wouldn't want to associate exactly. it with. Exactly. So there's a, like an ownership Sure. Now, right? Sure. I think it's fascinating, isn't it? Are you a Bruce fan? I am a Bruce fan. Now, there comes with a, a caveat. I'm not a, a fan of the politics, but I mean, it's the music that I grew up with. It was, you know, the soundtrack of me as a teenager, and I think he's a fabulous storyteller. I love his emotion, and uh, you know he's Americana to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, any number of his albums, you know, and he talks about brothers and cars and you know the open road. I mean, that appeals to a lot of guys. I just, you know, I'm a Bruce fan. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's Christy. a rocker. I don't mind him. You don't mind okay. him, but you wouldn't go out and buy his music. Nah. Do you have any any anything on your list? Your Spotify? Or I don't think he's on my Spotify. No. You? Not at all. Do you like him? Not really. What? You're mm-hmm. not a Bruce fan? No, never Bruce. have been. Never mm-hmm. have been a Bruce fan, really. In the East Street Band? No. Clarence Clements? No. What? No, I didn't like it. I mean, I, he, he gave really long concerts, and I gave him, I think it's awesome. He's one of the hardest working men in Yeah, that's great. Right. I think it's funny that he's like the ever, singing the Everyman songs, and then his daughter's an equestrian at the Olympics. It doesn't matter. That's, it's, that's just how it is. It is People it is. change. People yeah, grow up. You're right. Right? I'm not, saying it's, I'm not saying he did anything wrong. From the mean streets of Jersey. He, I, I've spent a lot of time in Asbury Park, which is hey, where he got uh, his story. Greetings from Asbury yeah, Park hey. and from Word FM and The Ride Home. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.